Welcome to A Space to Speak Your Mind. This show will deal with some subjects that some listeners may find distressing. For more info, go to thesourcefm.co.uk and search for A Space to Speak Your Mind. A Space to Speak Your Mind. A Space to Speak Your Mind on Source FM. Welcome to A Space to Speak Your Mind with me, Jane. And me, Emily. How are you, Jane? I'm fine, thanks, Emily. Yeah, getting used to being shut away, as we all are. But looking forward to getting out a bit more as this lockdown you know, eases a bit. A bit worried about all the people coming down on holiday, but we'll just have to see how that goes. Yeah, we're just going to have to take it as it comes, aren't we? It's a lot of change at the minute. Yeah, well, this show is all about change. Yeah, definitely. Um, because there's so much change going on everywhere, we thought it'd be good to have this show all about change. Um, and coming up on the show, we're going to have Amanda. She's going to be talking to Steve about coping with change. We've got a piece about gardening. And we've also got an interview with Cruz and CN4C. But there's loads more other than that. Yeah, and so. we're excited to announce that we'll be launching our crowdfunding campaign. It's so exciting to help build on the success of A Space to Speak Your Mind. Yep, stay tuned yeah. to hear more about that. And next, Amanda has prepared a piece about the behavioural change model. A space to speak your mind. Hi, it's Amanda from Life MOT. Today I'm talking about change and how we manage it. And I'd like to set the scene with a quote from Thomas Fuller, who said all things are difficult before they were easy. So I think you'll all agree with me when I say that there's been a lot of change recently and we know that there's more to come. We just don't know what it will be and more importantly, how it will affect us. We all manage change differently. Some love it, but for most of us, it's an uncomfortable feeling that can range from a mild feeling within us brought on by uncertainty to a full-blown, out-of-control panic attack. But one thing is for sure, change happens. So if we learn to manage it more effectively, the easier and more at ease we will feel when it happens again. So I'd like to take this time to look at the psychology behind change because I feel that in explaining this process of change, it helps us understand how we process change. Every change we make goes through this change process from small things like, what am I going to have for lunch today? Or bigger things, shall I move house? So here's the start of the process. We think, we plan, we take action. So you might want to make a note of those words. Think, plan, action. So let's explore them a bit more. I'm going to use an example of something that many of us have had to get used to. Online meetings. So using this change process, think, plan, action, the first thing we do is we think about it. So we may have seen a session that we'd like to do, but maybe we haven't done it before. So some of our thinking is around questioning our ability. Can I do it? How would I do it? Some of the thinking is about, am I free? Am I available? Can I fit it in? And some of it can be around the unknowns. Who's going to be there? What do I do? What do I say? What's it going to be like? And all this thinking helps us to answer some of the questions that will put us at ease. And thinking also links us nicely with the next stage, planning. So this part of the process is really key to spend time on before we move to that next stage of action. The thinking and planning helps us to process and imagine what it might be like. 
Sometimes we require help with our thinking and planning, an external resource, I'm going to call it, because our prior knowledge is not enough. External resources could be a friend I'm going to talk to who's already been on a video call. It might be I'm going to read up on it on the internet. I'm going to rehearse it myself. Something that builds up our knowledge and allows us to make a good plan. And only then are we ready to take action. I'm signing into that call. But we also might need those external resources to help us with that action. So the example might be the friend that we've spoken to who's already done a call sets up a one-to-one video call with us beforehand. So they support you to take the action. So these external resources are really important. They can make the difference between us taking action, making a change, or just thinking about it, not making that change. So once we've made that change through this process, the next stage of thinking, planning, action is to maintain it. But I will talk about that at a later time. What we've all experienced recently is a lot of change where we have been moved into the action part of this process without the thinking and planning on our part. So when this happens, it causes us stress. Someone else has taken the thinking and planning out of our hands, out of our control. So what we then have to try and do is backtrack in order to do our own thinking and planning and gather the information as best we can. But as we know, this information has also been changing. So this is why so many of us have been experiencing anxiety at the moment. But as we start to gather our resources and spend more time on this thinking, the anxiety and the stress will begin to ease. It's also good to notice what the external resources we're looking at. So are they helping us with our thinking and planning or are they obstructing us in some way? And also, of course, we may be missing out on some of our external resources, our social networks, the people we normally ask, or our support network. So we may have to start to look elsewhere to help our thinking and planning. Change is a process that we all go through. Some quick, some slow, depending on a number of things, but it will move. So I hope that by explaining this thinking, planning, action cycle to you, you can now identify where you are on this and put some thinking and planning into how you move yourself into action when you feel ready. So I'm going to leave you with a quote from Debbie Boone. Dreams are like the seeds of change. Nothing ever grows without a seed and nothing ever changes without a dream. Thank you. A space to speak your mind. One of the positive changes at the moment is that we're all allowed out and about again. And activities such as gardening can be a really good way to start getting out and about in nature. So Source News team reporter and Falmouth University journalism student Carol Bakova investigated. You're listening to Source FM and I'm Karolina Bohačová from Falmouth University Journalism. Chirping birds, buzzing bees and the smell of freshly cut grass. Spending sunny afternoons in the garden can make us feel so good. This week we'll be discussing the benefits of gardening on mental health as well as tips on what to plant this spring. I'm joined by Erica Weber from the Farm of Garden Centre and Tony McGaw who is a recovery support worker at an allotment in Falmouth. So, Tony, what are the links between gardening and improving our well-being? Well, there's lots. I think a lot of people with mental health issues tend to be quite isolated. And when they come to us, they, they, they meet people who have had similar experiences. Uh, there's a lot of advantages about being out in the fresh air. 
there's apparently some research that if you get your hands in the soil, chemicals are released which uh, can improve mood. There's some gentle exercise, uh, being out in fresh air and moving around. And uh, I think also there's, there's a lot of positive things that come from actually planting something, growing it and taking it home to eat it. If people want to start with gardening, what should they bear in mind so that they can get the most out of it? Right, well, I think the first thing to do is to ask for advice, to read some books, look online um, on how to start. There's masses of information available for uh, starting allotments, starting a garden and growing things, what to grow, what not to grow. The thing I've learned myself is not to try and plant too many things because I just run out of space. So I've learned not to be too ambitious. I've also learned to cope with failure as well as success. Lots of things don't germinate. Uh, some things don't grow well. There are always pests like slugs that will come and um, eat the things overnight. And uh, this year and last year, I've had big problems with red ants that have destroyed some of my tomato plants. So yeah, uh, it's important to be quite resilient, but also to, to keep smiling and enjoy it. So, Erica, for people who don't know where to start, what would you recommend to plant at the moment? This year has proved to be a really good year for um, amateur gardens in trying to sow seeds. This time of year, springtime, is normally the annual bedding plants, but the actual plants themselves aren't really available. So, I would suggest that this year is the hoddy herbaceous perennials, things like um, lupin, centauria, foxgloves are really popular, especially as they bring in insects to your garden. So any hardy herbaceous plant, I think this year, are going to be very popular. Um, vegetables, we haven't been able to grow as many vegetables as we wanted to keep up with demand. So you can um, easily propagate those and grow them and then you've got something at the end to eat. From your perspective as a garden centre owner, would you recommend gardening as an activity to help people cope with the lockdown and improve their mental health? Definitely, yes. I mean, especially if, if, if they've got a garden, it's the best way to try and remove yourself from everything that's going on in, in a bad sense. So you can just sit in your garden, listen to your birds, watch your plants growing, do some weeding, cut the grass. So for being outside, yes, for mental well-being, your health that way, it's... it's brilliant it does help and of course up until now we've only been able to help a little bit with the deliveries well now customers can get in their cars they can walk they can come here listen to the birds watch the butterflies the bees enjoy the wildlife as well as get a few plants for their own garden obviously for people without a garden it's a bit difficult but experts still recommend taking care of houseplants or growing herbs on the windowsill or a balcony if you feel tempted to start gardening but don't have any space, maybe you should consider joining the Farm of Allotment. Would that be possible after the lockdown, Tony? As soon as we get the, the go-ahead, um, we'd love new people to come along. We've got two, two allotment plots now, so there's lots of room, lots of work done. And the important thing to remember about it is they can come along for five minutes, they can come along for four hours. If they want, they can just sit and drink tea and chat. If they want to do some serious digging, they can. There's, there's no sort of uh, slave labour 
element about it. It's do what you feel like doing today. The first question I ask is, how are you feeling today? What do you feel like doing? And I give them a list of possibilities, the members of the group, and they, they decide what they're happy to do. And they can work on their own or they can work in a larger group. Uh, it's up to them how they feel on the day. Well, if you would like to start planting immediately and experience the positive effects of gardening yourselves, Farm of Garden Center is now reopened. You can find more information at farmofgardencenter.net. If you are staying in quarantine, the center is still running their delivery service as well. A space to speak your mind with Cornwall Mind for better mental health. Since the whole theme of this program is about change, I thought I'd talk to you a bit about what's happened to me and how I've dealt with the change that's happened recently with the lockdown and all the problems we've had with this virus. First of all, I, I was a well, well, perfectly fit nurse um, and I had a really serious car accident um, about 21, 22 years ago now and my whole life changed dramatically. So from being perfectly fit and healthy, I used to play tennis, used to ride my own horse, play badminton and work 12-hour shifts on the ward, I went from being completely incapacitated to being stuck in ITU on a ventilator and really not expected to walk again. But somehow I got through that, and um, it's a long story, which I won't go into here, but change for me has been a continual process. And I think it's helped me deal with what's happening to us all recently. So as time's gone on, I've had to get used to being vulnerable. I've had to get used to being unable to do things that I did before. And I've had to accept a lot of limitations. But throughout the whole of that, I've been incredibly grateful that I've been well, well enough to carry on while living and well enough to carry on doing different things, even though they might be different to what I did before. And this radio show that I've been doing recently on Source FM and the work with a space to speak your mind has really helped me. It's given me another interest and something that I can do without worrying about whether I'm feeling well or whether I can move around properly or anything like that, really. It's just a matter of mind over matter. Yes, I'm going to do it, put the time in, do some research and actually do the thing myself. Do you know, I think the whole key to this is acceptance, acceptance of change and realisation that things just can't go back to the way that they were even though I wish they could. And so with this lockdown situation where I've been one of those vulnerable people who've had to stay in for 12 weeks, I've actually started off feeling quite anxious, quite nervous and worried about the future. To suddenly, as, you know, as the weeks have gone by, I've got more and more used to the fact that, yeah, things are different and I don't know how they'll turn out at the end. But I'm okay with that and that I'm not panicking about what will change, how I'll cope with it, how life will be different. I'm just accepting the way that things are every day now and the fact that I've got used to not doing so much during the day. I've got no pressure on me. And, you know, I think it's actually been a good experience for me, although I do appreciate for some people it's been a nightmare. And those people that have been ill and died, or even died from COVID, you know, it's it's just been the end of the world. So I'm I'm not... You know, I'm not happy that this this thing has happened. But for me, I have to say it's actually been a good thing. So if there's anybody out there who's worried about change and worried about how life will be at the end of what's happening now, just try and stay with the moment. Try not to think too far ahead and don't try and work out what's going to happen because none of us know what will happen. It's just going to be 
So try and stay with it and just accept things as they are. And each moment counts. You know, I saw a squirrel in the garden today and then some beautiful birds and I saw a hedgehog the other night. And I'm just taking notice of all the little things in life that probably passed me by before. And this, this experience has actually given me time to spend and taking the pressure off to do things. If I see a bit of dust in the house, I don't worry about it. I think, oh yeah, I'll do that tomorrow. So, you know, there is some good to be had from all of this. So just to leave you on a really positive note, stay in the moment, don't worry, don't think too far ahead and all will be well. A space to speak your mind. So I just wanted to ask you, Jane, if you're okay with it, um, a bit about your piece that we just heard. Yep. So um, obviously it was a massive change for you um, because of what you went through and how you had to kind of accustom to the new changes in your life. But um, so how did you kind of adapt to that? And because I know you said in your piece um, about acceptance at the end. Yeah. But um, was it a, a real difficulty to get to that place of acceptance? Yeah, I think it was. It's, it, I mean, I wouldn't say I've 100% accepted it even now, you know, because um, there are times when I think, oh, I just fancy a game of tennis or, you know, I just want to go out and do something sporty and I, and I can't even walk very far anymore. So yeah. I suppose it's, you know, it's happened over a period of time, really, in a long period of time. So, yeah, acceptance isn't easy in it. I don't think people should sort of try and accept things as they happen I think it just it just evolves over a period of, of time and mm. and not to put pressure on yourself um, which you know I probably did in the beginning because um, I had yeah. pressure on me to go back to work and and in the end I could only work um, as a desk bound nurse you know not as a, a ward based nurse so it was difficult from that point of view I had to accept that I could just work on the telephone which was very different. Yeah was it important for you to have the have good support around you at that time yeah it was I mean I don't know that I had a lot of it I mean apart from Sean my husband who's been amazing Mm -hmm. stuck by me when a lot of people had just walked away so you know I was very fortunate from that point of view Uh, but as far as services like um, from the NHS I didn't really get a lot of support I didn't get any physiotherapy or very little afterwards and I just had to get myself better really yeah, and I guess it's um, because as well as because it was um, a car accident, so I guess as well as physical like and health health changes, it was also um, sort of a, getting into a different mindset, which I imagine was really really hard. Um, because I know for myself, I find acceptance really difficult um, on a whole spectrum of stuff. It's really hard for me to kind of change my mindset so Mm. was it like that for you trying to get to a different place with how you were you know gonna start this new journey almost yeah it was very difficult for me because I I basically just felt that well my brain felt that I was back to normal but my body knew I wasn't and it never would be so my brain was saying yeah why can't you do this why can't you do that um yeah and my body was saying no you can't do that anymore and so it was a bit of a battle going on really and and I would say even to this day there's still a battle going on that I'd try to push myself more yeah um, yeah I was frustrating I suppose is what yeah yeah that's the that's the best word Emily frustrating (laughs) absolutely but yeah in the end you know you get there in the end and and I think I've probably got to a point where I have accepted it generally now but 
just wish things were different. Yeah, totally. A space to speak your mind. A space to speak your mind on Source FM. One of the A Space to Speak Your Mind team, Steve, has faced some big changes in his life, including diagnosis of Parkinson's disease. He talked to Amanda about what this has meant for him. Hi, this is Amanda, and today I'm interviewing Steve Hudson on change. Steve had played drums since the age of 14, which included session work in the 70s and early 80s, and then various rock and blues bands over the years. He was a county league squash player and a keen cyclist, taking part in a number of sportive events, But all that changed 10 years ago when he was given the diagnosis of Parkinson's disease. And if this wasn't devastating enough, he also has glaucoma affecting his eyesight. Welcome, Steve. Hello. Clearly, you've had to make some big adjustments in your lifestyle. So can you tell me about the initial changes that you had to manage? Mm, Yes. Um, The initial changes were, were very, very slow. And, in fact, almost unnoticeable. Um, I would say I tried to carry on as normal. Um, But, eventually, because Parkinson's is such a slow degenerative neurological condition, it, it eventually became apparent uh, and I wasn't able to do things as well as I used to, um, but it was it, it was slow yeah, to to become noticeable. So at first, um, I was just having a slight tremor in my hand, and I carried on as normal. Um, but eventually, uh, in those initial years, it became apparent that there were other things also happening, uh, which I wasn't aware of initially. Like I was beginning uh, just to stumble sometimes when I was walking, and also my coordination was getting slightly worse. And my uh, cognitive reasoning was becoming impaired. Uh, so literally, uh, at first, it was it was almost easy, uh, quite easy to, to to cope with the changes because they were so slow. Mm. And to a degree, I think I was denying. Uh, that, that there was anything wrong. Um, I carried on playing, playing drums for some years after that. Uh, initially with the sticks attached to my fingers with elastic bands because uh, I kept drawing them. But after a while, um, that, that was okay and I was able to play uh, without the attachments. Um, recently, uh, things have changed quite rapidly, and uh, my ability uh, to walk, for instance, has changed. Uh, also, my ability to concentrate uh, for a great length of time. I mean, the worst thing that's happened to me 
is the effect it's had on my speech. Um, because it slowed, it slowed my speech down and made it very, very slurred. Uh, so it's very, very difficult to concentrate when I speak. Um, the changes I had to make uh, to get around all this. Uh, uh, well, firstly, I went through a very angry period uh, where I was extremely angry about Parkinson's and the things it, it, was, it was affecting uh, that, I, that I could no longer do, like play the drums or, or ride a bike. And that angry period lasted for about a year. Um, but eventually I got over that and, and decided uh, that I just had to accept uh, the, 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 the changes. I mean, because it basically is all inevitable and then nothing I can do about it. Uh, so I had to accept the fact that I could no longer play drums or, or, or walk uh, with people when they go for a walk and uh, my social life was changed dramatically as well because of my lack of ability to, to, to converse. Um, I think once I accepted that, uh, life became a lot easier. And the way I accepted it uh, was uh, basically uh, not to be ashamed of what was wrong with me. And I think that helps a lot. Mm, thank you, Steve. Thanks for being so honest about that, because I think your insights would be really helpful to anyone, whatever health condition they have. Yeah. And is there any ad advice or anything that's in particularly helped you manage that you would like to pass on? Uh, yes. I think the best thing to do is if you have any, any, any difficulties, any description, is to be absolutely upfront with them. And when I, mean, when I meet people now, I say, Hi, I'm Steve, I'm got Parkinson's. And I am now draw speaking. In fact, I have a little, a little card that I hang around my neck on a, on a, a lanyard. It's a laminated card. And when I go out, I show it to people. It says, it says I have Parkinson's. My voice is very slurred. I have difficulty speaking. Please bear with me. Good, and, so that's really uh, helped. I, I, I think... I want you, you come to terms with the fact that there's something uh, seriously wrong with, 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 with your speech or, or your appearance or anything really. Uh, it, 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 it becomes much easier, easier to deal with. Thank you. And even though you have the difficulties with your speech, it hasn't stopped you pursuing a, a new interest. 
So if you'd like to just let everybody know what that is before uh, we finish. Yeah. Yes, I have a radio show about music, which is brilliant because my music means a lot to me. And I have a radio show uh, when you have a switch to do you like me. It's brilliant. And it keeps me occupied, researching and getting content for the show and actually uh, producing the show. Uh, that's really, really, really good. Look great. And that's a, a new opportunity that's come your way um, because of your diagnosis, I guess. Uh, yeah. And the, the show is called The Song Remains the Same and it's on Saturdays once a month. So thank you very much, Steve. Thank you. A space to speak your mind. A space to speak your mind. One of the biggest changes we can face is coping with the death of a loved one. And Joe, one of the Space to Speak Your Mind team, talked to Margaret Nemo-Smith from Bereavement Charity Cruise. Hi. I'm Margaret and I'm a volunteer with Cruz Bereavement Care. Welcome to A Space to Speak Your Mind, Margaret. Thanks so much for joining us today on the show. So just tell us a little bit about what you do then at Cruz. Yes, I've been a volunteer for over 25 years, which I find extremely rewarding. Uh, seems a funny thing to say, but it is rewarding to support people in one of the most difficult times of their life. So I support people one-to-one. I'm also a supervisor, a trainer, and I help on our helpline both locally and nationally as well. That sounds really good and it sounds like a brilliant job that you do. Um, And today's show we're talking about change and obviously death of, of somebody, a loved one, is a massive change that most people struggle to deal with in life. How do you help people through that? The main thing that crews can offer is that safe, confidential space. Normally we do face-to-face work, but at the moment we're just offering, well, I say just, but we're offering telephone work. And I think the main thing to bear in mind is that after somebody has died, we do recommend that people do talk to each other, their friends and their relatives. But often people are not really able to express their deepest feelings because they worry about upsetting their own relatives and friends in doing so. So that is where Cruz really comes into play. One of the main things we do is actually normalising people's feelings. And each person grieves individually. And there's a wide range of feelings that can be expressed or uh, experienced. So understanding how people are grieving within your own family can be difficult because we often think the way we're doing it is the right way. But as I say, there are many different ways of doing it. And that's another area where we can really help. That sounds really good. And it sounds like you do lots of good work at Cruise. So, I mean, if somebody is struggling to cope, obviously, you know, they need to contact a charity like you or a helpline. And like you said there, it's really important to talk about how they're feeling, not bottle it all up. Um, Have you got Mm. any other tips about how people could cope with death of a loved one? Having a good funeral is a very important aspect of the the grieving process. And that is one of the things that is uh, very difficult at the moment because people are limited in the number of people that are allowed at a funeral. It has been 
just up to 10 in most cases. And that can cause a lot of stress and unhappiness to people who would like to attend but are unable. So one of the things that can be recommended is perhaps doing some live streaming of the actual funeral service or alerting friends and family that this is happening and then and perhaps sharing the funeral service itself so that people can kind of follow it. I've also heard some very moving stories of how in perhaps more rural communities, people have known that the funeral is taking place but can't attend, but they actually line the street so when the hearse goes by, they can actually pay their respects, rather as they would have probably done in Victorian times. Very, very interesting, but this can be very helpful to the family itself. As today's show is all about change, whether that's a good change or a bad change, do you think that um, bereavement and the grieving process offers any useful insight into how to cope with change? I think one of the things that a bereavement will do, particularly if it's the first significant bereavement that somebody has had, it will give the person insight into bereavement itself and the grieving process so that actually we we have this uh, way of looking at it sometimes called the fried egg model curiously enough where normally one thinks that uh, after a bereavement or a very significant loss this is all encompassing eventually over time this will shrink but actually what we talk about is life growing around so that actually there can be uh, new ways of growth personally after a significant change or loss. But I think it's very important in difficult times of change really to reach out and ask for support when it's needed. And I think this is one of the best things about, if you want to talk about the good things in the coronavirus situation, is that so many people have come forward to offer help to their neighbours and colleagues, you know, people they'd never met before, and they will help when help is needed. And I do hope this continues even after we come out of lockdown, because I think it has been very, very important aspect of all the difficult changes that people have had to go through and will still have to go through in the next months ahead. I think that's really good and you said some really interesting points Margaret and thank you so much for joining us on the show today and uh, well done for all the brilliant work that you do. A space to speak your mind. That was Joe talking to Margaret from Cruise and for more information about Cruise go to cruise.org.uk or to get in touch with Cornwall Cruise, you can call 01726 76100 or email cornwall at cruise.org.uk. A space to speak your mind with Cornwall Mind. For better mental health. On Source FM. Cornwall Neighbourhoods for Change, or CN4C, are a charity which are all about embracing positive change. We sent a space is for your mind team member jerry to talk to jackie ellis so today's show is all about change and who better to talk to than cornwall neighborhoods for change who are all about the positive aspects of change and i'm joined now by jackie ellis who is social prescribing coordinator for cornwall neighborhoods for change hi jackie thanks for joining us hi jerry thank you very much for inviting us it's a pleasure thank you so first of all i'd just like to ask you um about cornwall neighborhoods for change i mean the name itself is quite uh, intriguing. What do you do exactly? 
Um, yeah, the clue is in the in the name. I have to say, um, Cornwall Neighbourhoods for Change has always worked closely with local community to um, meet the needs of the community. Really, um, we support people to change in various aspects of their lives. Um, it could be living a better life by securing basic needs, so you know, benefits housing, that sort of thing that we can support people with and have done for a long time, living a healthier lifestyle, um, joining a social activity or club, if that's something that they would like to do to become perhaps a bit less isolated, Um, could be getting better off and helping people to access educational training or someone fulfilling their potential in their existing workplace or finding Finding work, you know, um, might be making better sense of the systems that are already in place. Um, we consult closely with communities to try and influence the development of new systems and set up a social enterprise if that's something that interests a person. Um, so the goal is to try and help the local economy and society by listening to what people's needs are individually and as a community. And that's that's always been the ethos, really, with Cornwall Neighbourhoods for Change. So your your role is called a social prescribing coordinator. Can you tell us a little bit more about social prescribing? Yes, yeah, certainly. My that That's just a fancy title for someone who helps with things that, that aren't clinical, really. So um, I I just work with a couple of other people. So the the title for most social prescribers is as a social prescribing link worker. And again, the the pertinent word in that title is link. Um, We are based in GP surgeries. Over half the surgeries in Cornwall now have a social prescribing link worker. And we help support patients with anything that's not clinical. Um, So we would connect people to their community, voluntary organisations or statutory services. And that can be for practical, emotional help. It might be, as I mentioned before, things like housing. So we're, again, sorry to repeat it again, but we are the link, I think, between the clinical issues, issues, the medical issues that people have that they take to their GP. because we can see in the NHS now see that we are made up of everything in our lives. We're not just a bundle of symptoms. We're affected by our housing, by our family, by our economic situation. Our job is to support people who are referred to us by their GP or perhaps a practice nurse or a physiotherapist to help that patient look at the things that a tablet won't fix for them. So we can help look at practical changes, just improving life in general, really. Yeah. And one of the things we're talking about on the show today is change. And obviously, you've talked about quite a lot of things that change there. But change can be quite stressful, can't it? Even positive ones. How do you kind of help people through some of these making changes, these big changes to their life? I guess a lot of that um, comes down to actually having time to listen to a person um, both as a social prescribing link worker and with the rest of the staff 
at all levels within Cornwall Neighbourhoods for Change and the people that volunteer and the members. Um, it's about communicating, I think, as much as anything, because we all appreciate that change can be very, very difficult. Um, and it can be sometimes like trying to turn a, the Titanic. You know, it takes a momentous amount of effort to try and make a little change. So it's about communication and support, I think. Um, we've definitely all found over the last few months that change is incredibly difficult. But if we can put enough effort along with having support from others, we can make the small changes that have really, really big benefits. So we help in a variety of ways. Um, yes, it's, it's all about communicating, I think, about the things that are really important to you, the things that would, even if it's a little change, make a huge difference to your life. Yeah. So if anyone listening feels like you might be able to offer them some help or support, how can people get in touch and what are the kind of eligibility criteria? Um, as far as the NPC is concerned, there really aren't any eligibility criteria. We are in the community to support the community, whatever the situation is. Um, we've got a main telephone number. It's 01209 310610. So that's a that's a Red Roof number, but we also have a base, although physically not occupying that at the moment, instant hostel as well. Um, you can find out about both of those on the website, which is www.cn4c.org. .uk and you will hear Cornwall Neighbourhoods the change talked about as CN for C. Yeah that's great well thanks very much for joining us today Jackie and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you thanks ever so much for the opportunity Jerry take care. A space to speak your mind. A space to speak your mind team member Jess has prepared a short piece. Hello I'm Jess one of the crew from A Space to Speak Your Mind. Throughout the coronavirus pandemic, we've gone through many changes and lots of them brought upon us with no notice at all. A huge shock to our nervous systems and especially so many things temporarily or permanently coming to an end all at once. Change can be very exciting for some people, but for others can be very daunting and can upset their mental health. I spoke with a few people about things that help their mental health and help them to come through the changes in a positive way. It was lovely to hear off lots of different people and the different things what they've been up to to help them with the changes throughout lockdown. One lady mentioned how she's absolutely loved being off work at the moment. She works for a restaurant and she normally works in the kitchens. But during her time on lockdown, she's been sprucing up her house and decorating every room of the house. She's really enjoyed that time. She's had most of her time to herself or she's had time with her husband and they've been working together to decorate the house. They've never had so much time together. She's really enjoyed it. One young man who I spoke to, he said, well, he's really enjoyed the changes. He's enjoyed how much the countryside has been so much quieter and less people about, less cars on the road. And we've been able to see a lot more animals about what maybe we haven't seen before and different birds and um, he's also enjoyed the fact that he's had parents home with him as well and he's loved enjoying the time with his parents 
spending this time with them what he wouldn't normally have. A few people that I spoke to didn't realise we had such a beautiful countryside on our doorstep. Um, being where they live, they spoke to me about areas around like the Truro area where there's lots of lovely streams and countryside with woodlands and many areas where they can do walks, where they can social distance appropriately. And um, it just shows we don't know really what's on our doorsteps until we get out and explore. And we don't actually need our cars to get out and have a nice walk and enjoy the countryside. Some other people mentioned to me how they've taken up some new hobbies and really enjoyed cooking. And there's the um, infamous banana cake, what I think a lot of people have been making. And also one gentleman told me how he's also made banana and peanut butter cookies which sound delicious to me, one of my favourite kind of things, banana. And um, a few other things people said what they had been up to to get them through the changes is um, volunteering, so to give them a sense of community. And a lot of people mentioned how they felt what like the community has really come together throughout this really, really difficult time. We're not through it yet. There's still a lot more changes that are going to be going on and um, different people are finding these kind of things really difficult. So the more ideas we have about different things we can do to help with our mental health, the better. Two young lads mentioned to me one of the things they really enjoy doing is um, gaming. And they can both game from their own homes, but still be able to talk to each other over the internet. And so that's a lovely way of keeping in touch whilst obviously social distancing and being that like lots of different places aren't open. As I said, we're not out of the woods yet. We've all got to make sure we carry on staying alert, washing our hands, keeping distance from each other. There's a few little ideas what I've got myself to try and help us through the changes and to try and help our, our mental health. Myself, I like doing things like writing and creative things to help my mental health. And every day, an idea is that, like, either you could start a journal or just have a little notebook and write down each day how you're feeling. You could maybe write down in the morning how you're feeling that morning, and then at the end of the day, write down how you're feeling or how you think your day's gone. Just say maybe a few things what you're grateful for from that day and um, then maybe just keep it up throughout the week. It's a good way to look back on the good things from the week and um, maybe not focus so much on the things what aren't so good. Something we're all guilty of is not giving ourselves enough time to maybe have a rest and relax and just being kind to ourselves. Um, we all have days when maybe we're not so productive as we want to be. I know um, that sometimes there's times when we all make lists and they're a mile long and by the end of the day maybe we haven't ticked nothing off that list apart from maybe have a nap or watch a few programmes on the television. And that's okay. We've got to remember that because we're going through really horrible times at the moment. And yes, changes are happening and things are hopefully getting a little bit better. But we've got to remember that we've still got to look after ourselves and take it easy on ourselves. And um, remember that like, 
it's important to speak to people about how you're feeling. So try and reach out to somebody either by text message or talking therapy in some way. Um, there'll always be somebody who wants to listen and everybody's in the same boat but we're like all got our own struggles in a different way so remember you're not alone and we're all here for everybody a space a space to speak your mind with cornwall mind for better mental health on source fm as our show today is based on change about the coronavirus and the changes what are happening and which have happened I was thinking, what can I write a poem about? Because, like, obviously, with the topic being change, and I thought, hmm, do I write a poem about change? And I thought, I know what. I'll write it about hugs, because hugs is one of the things what I really, really want. And I'm sure lots of other people out there would love to give a hug to their friends and family that they haven't been able to either. So it could be a poem about hugs and something that hope during the next coming weeks or months that we're going to have a change and be able to give people hugs. So here's my poem. Hugs are amazing. They are worth more than words. They are priceless. Hugs are amazing. They say what words cannot and they do what words cannot. Hugs are amazing. A hug is an unspoken connection. A hug translates to you that you are cared about and important. Hugs are amazing. They are something you can give and receive all at the same time. Hugs never go out of fashion. Big or small, there is one to fit us all. Make someone feel loved and give a hug. Keep safe, everyone. A space to speak your mind. A Space to Speak Your Mind is excited to announce we are launching a crowdfunder campaign in conjunction with Cornwall Mind to enable us to build on our success. We're trying to raise money to pay for a development manager to help ensure the long-term future of A Space to Speak Your Mind so we can continue to provide much-needed content about mental health to the people of Falmouth and beyond. Here's Scott, a team member, with all of the details. Hi, I'm Scott from A Space to Speak Your Mind crew, and I'm here to tell you about the crowdfunding campaign that has just been launched to raise money to ensure the long-term future of A Space to Speak Your Mind. The money will pay for an expert to make us more secure and fundraise the wages for a dedicated facilitator who will be employed by Cornwall Mind. We're hoping to expand the project to include more people on the team and cover more parts of Cornwall. A Space to Speak Your Mind benefits the people who make the show and the people who listen. We believe in challenging taboos around mental health and talking about things which affect people in our communities. Your donation will help support keeping this important conversation going on the airways of Source FM and beyond, as well as helping people with mental health issues support each other, gaining skills and confidence. If you'd like to help, please search for A Space to Speak Your Mind at crowdfunder.co.uk and donate what you can afford. Thank you from all the A Space to Speak Your Mind team. Source FM were kind enough to use last Sunday's Parklife event to help promote our crowdfunder and raise mental health awareness. If you didn't manage to catch the live Parklife, you can catch the video that Amelie made, brilliantly I might say, on our Facebook page. About this crowdfunder, Jane, I just think it's really exciting and it'd be really good to get people on board with it because 
I know for me, being involved in this project has been so amazing and really helped me in so many different ways. Yeah, Emily, I'm exactly the same as you. I mean, I started off helping with this project and, and I think, well, both of us have actually got our own shows now. So we've, mm. we've moved on. Yeah, we've learned loads about community radio. We've learned more about mental health and and we've also learned how... I mean, what the sort of things that people need to hear about when they're dealing with mental health problems? This project is, I feel it's helping the community as a whole and just kind of dispelling myths and sort of, because mental health is still such a taboo subject, I feel, do you? Most definitely, yeah. Unfortunately, that's the way it is. It's it's as if um, people, well, people will talk about, oh, mental health or, yes, yeah, so-and-so is depressed, but they don't really know what being depressed is all about unless they've gone through it themselves. I think um, a lot of the Space to Speak Your Mind team members have actually experienced depression and anxiety in reality and they exactly. know how it feels. Yeah, exactly. And that's how they can be so empathetic, you know, in the programme. I think that's what's so unique and um, amazing about this project is that we all have some experience of mental health, so it makes it so much more relatable. Sorry, yeah, I keep on. interrupting you today, Jane. I'm so no, sorry. No, it's I'm so okay. so keen I... about the crowdfunding. No, it's brilliant. You carry on. It's brilliant. <laughs> carry on. I was on. just going to say that um, I, know, I know that um, because of the um, pandemic, a lot of people, you know, like money's a worry. So completely understand but if you can give anything if anyone who's listening can give anything at all it would be amazing and we are going to um give the address of the website brilliant so that address is crowdfunder.co.uk forward slash a space to speak your mind and um just wanted to say as well um like you said jane the park live was online just because of what what's going on and thank you to everyone involved that video that you mentioned was on the park live and can be found on youtube if you um search for a space to speak your mind a space to speak your mind with cornwall mind for better mental health well thanks for listening to a space to speak your mind and next month we'll be talking about self-care and if you'd like to get in touch you can find us on twitter at a space to speak And there's a Facebook page, so go to facebook.com forward slash a space to speak. Or you can email jerry at thesourcefm.co.uk. And remember, if you'd like to be involved in making the show, including everything from recording interviews, presenting, or even behind the scenes, or even if you'd just like to suggest a subject or recommend a song for us to play, we really want to hear from you because it'd be really good to just get more people involved as well so this project can grow and grow. Just to say, if you've been affected by anything on the show, here are the contact details for Mind and the Samaritans. So you can contact Mind on 0300-123-3393 or for urgent help, visit www cornwallmind.org forward slash urgent help or the Samaritans on 116123 So we'll say goodbye and thank you all for listening and we'll see you soon. Yep, bye! Hi, I'm Richard Perks and I've been working on the space to speak your mind for nearly a year. Having previously worked in radio, 
and having had poor mental health myself, I'm very passionate about bringing people in to talk about their own experiences surrounding mental health. And through Source FM and Core Mind, this is a great forum for people to be able to speak openly about their own experiences. Jane, I'm one of the A Space to Speak Your Mind crew. Um, you know, one of the people that puts the programme together. And uh, there's a group of us that get together regularly and decide what we can do to make the programme interesting, informative, and also very positive. It's aimed at lots of people, and mainly those with mental health problems, but it's aimed at anybody who's interested. And I think that because of the content, most people would find it a really good, interesting listen. So it's really helped me through the lockdown. It's given me lots to do and lots to think about and something to concentrate on. So I would really recommend that you support this project if you possibly can and give all your support to A Space to Speak Your Mind. I'm Steve Hudson and I have Parkinson's and about a year ago I was asked to join the A Space to Speak Your Mind team and I've been with them since the outset and it's absolutely brilliant because uh, there are so many things that I can't do anymore and I've had to come to terms with what I have, what I can do, and not what I can't do. And uh, just uh, very quickly, as a spin-off from the Space to Speak Your Mind show, I now do my own radio show on music, which is absolutely superb. Um, but the whole thing uh, gives me uh, a reason and to want to get up and do something. Mm -hmm. 